You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 301. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is coming to you from London. I am back in London. I love this city so much. It's one of my soul cities. And even though I am now backplanted in Michigan, where my inner voice says I belong in Detroit, Detroit is a still a new city to me. And at this point, it's so fascinating because my life is now one where London feels more like a hometown than the city that I have lived outside of for 45 minutes for 22 years of my life. How weird is that? Anyways, just a little side note to say, you never know what you're going to get when you start to flow with your inner voice. In today's episode, speaking of inner voice, we're working with Georgie Morley in a client session, and this one is inspired by a different client session. In a separate client session, the inner voice of the person told me, the Jess Lively mind, to stop using my mind in the conversation. She literally, or not she, the client, but the inner voice of the client said, stop using the mind to speak to people. (laughs) And I was like, what the what? And the mind of me then was like, oh, so you want me to be out of my mind too while I have the client out of the mind. And that was basically the gist of it. So when I had Georgie here on our client session, I asked her if she'd be willing to do the same. Would she be open to me speaking from the inner voice instead of from the mind of myself as I normally do? This is the recording of what actually happened, what transpired while we did this double inner voice conversation. It is fascinating. It is unexpected for both of us as we go through it. And as you'll see, the results are pretty astounding for Georgie and everything that was going on in her life before she got on the call compared to afterwards. In addition, we got through things so quickly doing the inner voice work in that way. Double inner voices are twice as potent, we're finding out. We're also going to dive into the nature of universe, time, and how to find joy in the uncertainty of our reality, which is pretty exciting. And in addition, I'm going to share something I've personally been learning from my own inner voice around the concept of not trying. I hear that one more than almost any other phrase in the recent months, and eventually I started to ask for what the definition my inner voice had to not trying. Like, what does that mean to it? Because sometimes when we ask and we get a repeated answer, the mind may not understand the meaning as the inner voice defines it. So if you find this yourself, maybe you hear the word listen or be or breathe, while breathing you might get, (laughs) it might understand, but other aspects of the answers you receive, if you get a really consistent answer that you don't totally think you may be interpreting correctly, ask the question, what does that mean? What does trying mean to you? And hear what you get, because you're going to hear in mind, I never would have expected the answer that I received, and I'll share more about that in the show. Let's go to the show. Georgie, I'm so excited to work with you today. Thanks, Jess. All right. So we had just quickly gone over right before I pressed record this idea I had from inner voices of clients that shared with me yesterday that I personally, just Lively, don't need to think so much. I've been sitting here thinking about how can I explain this stuff to people in the ways that their minds will understand, but that's just mind talking to other mind. And the inner voices of these other people were like, Jess, you don't need to do that so much. So my idea with you, and you seem like your game for it is for myself to play and practice and see what happens if I put my awareness and intention on being beyond the mind 
as we go through our call together. So no promises as far as whether or not I'll be able to do this for a full two hours with you or what will happen, but we're gonna see and I'll let you guys know, and Georgia, you too, when I'm like getting back into mind mode if I switch out, I'm sure it'll also be clear because it'll probably have a lot more words to say and it will sound the same as much as the inner voice words and process, but let's just see what happens. I love it. I feel like something I've been really curious about or wanting to just play with is this idea of surprise. I'm almost like bored with my mind. It says the same stuff over and over. So I love that this is like a surprise. All right. Well, let's see what happens. Okay. (laughs) My mind is already freaking out. All right. The first thing I heard, when you're crying, how do you know all is well? Oh my gosh. I trust that it's okay. How do you know that? Because it feels better afterwards. Always? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. When you know it's right, how can it ever be wrong? It can't. But sometimes we try to make it seem that way, don't we? Yeah. We're always trying so hard, so hard, so hard, so hard. Definitely. (laughs) And sometimes it feels confusing, yes? Absolutely. What do you want to know right now? I will explain as the mind. So, because I don't even think my intuition doesn't have a problem with this, but my mind definitely does. I'm really attached to this idea of needing to be an expert in order to, you know, say my part or speak up or honestly, it's like fill in the blank. Needing to be loved. Yeah. It's like then it's just the one hang up of like, oh, that's why I don't have XYZ. It's because I'm not a specific expert. I don't have an identity labeled. We don't really need one, though. I know. For all is well and absolutely nothing can get between us and the truth of who we are. Mm. But sometimes we try so hard to get there where we don't belong. And when we've relaxed and allowed this to come to us, instead of us seeking for it and going to them, they'll show up in the best way possible. Without our trying, without our knowing, without our experience needing to be validated, we'll begin to see the truth of who we are. And once we've released this knowing into the depths of our heart, we'll begin to see that all has been well since the beginning of time, and all will continue to be so into the future as well. For all is one and the same. In one holy instant, we've began and become all at the same time. So how are you doing right now? You can say more. I find it fascinating that you asked the question about the crying first. Yeah, that was so bizarre. I was like, whoa, this is already weird and I don't get it and I want to shut it down. But if I'm going to be honest, that's what I heard. It's so interesting. I And it was something I was even going to like mention to you before the call. Like, I'm very embarrassed by this, but I'm just like a really easy, like, quickly moved to tears to the point where it's like oh my god just stop (laughs) but me as Georgie like I wouldn't mind it's just like society's impression of crying is definitely very negative so yeah it's something I think about a lot (laughs) all right going back in but have a conversation stay in the mind if you want go into the inner voice if it tells you where you want to but do you still like this version yeah absolutely no I, I think it's all good okay Isn't that fascinating? It said crying. I've never had it really ever talk about crying in any situation I've ever been in. So 
just have fun with it. I'll try to stay in the zone of it, but don't feel like you have to clam up if you <laughs> just like, I mean, if you love what it's saying or something, but interject, ask a question, say like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Why are you trying so hard? Oh, I think because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> we don't know how not to try, but we can become one that doesn't need to try so hard and we will indeed as soon as we accept the truth of who we are in my notes i had definitely written down i feel like all of my questions are related to this idea of identity and feeling like i'm almost a blank at a blank slate in my life right now and i want to fill it up with identity of course you do everyone's trying to do that so hard and i've worked so hard to like clean off the slate they're ready to accept themselves as a smaller self yeah. Rather than the large. So it's like just trying to like not be bored in the space of waiting for what's next. Boring can be better if you learn to accept it as an aspect of your own time space reality rather than something to avoid. Something that you've mentioned that I've been really curious about is this idea of allowing manifestations just to happen. They can and they always shall. Mm. What do we do in the meantime? <laughs> Relax and allow, relax and allow, relax and allow, allow them to come to you. They will indeed, you just don't need to try so hard. What do we do with the discomfort that comes when people don't understand us? This discomfort will always be there, but that doesn't need to move you either. When you've released the knowing, you'll see more things and those things will bring you to new realities and truths. And in them, you won't need to define so hard. You won't need to accept that there is uncertainty that would scare you or would lead you astray. For it will always be there and is guiding you towards what is wanting. Whoa. <laughs> I feel like I just need to like marinate in that for a second. You can and you shall. You're already here in this space and time. You just haven't realized it yet. How can we have more fun with the time that we have <laughs> if we're not trying so hard? Without trying so hard, much is fun indeed. For all is here to be played with and relaxed and allowed. But when we get stuck and we complain and we remain, we never see that truth of who we are. For it's here all along, it's here all along, it's here all along. And we don't need to try so hard. When it comes to seeking other people's love. You can't even do that. Even when we know it's futile, how do we like stop ourselves? <laughs> By not trying. <laughs> you don't need to stop. You don't need to try. You don't need to strive. You don't even need to know that all will be well. You just need to relax and allow all of these things to come to you. To come to you and to come to you. And your truth is magnificent. And will be here for the unfolding within this space and time once the relaxation and the allowing has begun. This sounds like a silly question, but how do we relax? <laughs> Absolutely, and all is well. Absolutely nothing is necessary, yet all will appear. And in your own truth, you'll see this very clearly, but right now it's blocked from your perception because the truth of your reality has been told that's not quite accurate. And in that, 
misrepresentation, there's more to be discovered, yet also more to be ignored. Am I the one telling the false reality? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) You and many others. Besides relaxing, what else can I do to untell that story? Choose to tell a new one, one that allows you to be well and whole and complete in this time-space reality without the need to strive or try for any other aspect of your being to be realized in this moment in time. When the boredom comes... The boredom is never complete. It is only a part of your existence. And once you're no longer fighting it or trying it, you'll see there's more to this experience as well. It's not just bored. There's more than that, too, in your current life existence. So it can be felt on a deeper level? There are many levels, indeed. Many, many, many. And even those do not need to be tried. For when they're experienced, they're known to be true. And until they are, the recognition of wellness is all that's required. Can I ask you, Jess, how you're doing? (laughs) It's really calming. Like I'm breathing. It's so helpful. Thank you. Is it helping you? In order to share it, like there is a level of my mind that wants to be involved in the conversation, but then it can get trying to like follow what you're saying and what it's saying and then process the the mind of Jess's perception of what's happening between you and it. It can't do its function, right? So then it just like, it's just like breathe. <laughs> just trust. It's not going to say something crazy. And keep going, keep listening. I find it fascinating as I listen for words, I think it's going to say, and even if one word feels like the mind of me doesn't understand it or is kind of questioning it, it'll feed me a new one that'll say the same meaning, but in a different word. It's like a thesaurus is very quick on the thesaurus words. So if I hesitate over a word in the mind, it'll feed me a new one that submits the same thought to you, which is actually validating to me to know that it's really trying to say what I received the first time, but it's saying it in a new way that validates it even more for myself. Yeah. How is it for you right now? I will say like my, when I listen to your season five episodes, like I always feel so calm, but it usually takes like 20 minutes into the call where I like my whole body just calms down, but it was almost like your calm instantaneously like just slowed everything down like I instantly knew everything is fine which is almost so frustrating because I'm like what about my problems but the mind wants its problem is like no I signed up for this two-hour call thank you very much we need to talk about a problem for two hours that's what I've signed up for is problems for two hours I paid money to have problems for two hours you're telling me in minute two I'm calm and I don't need to keep going what's wrong with you (laughs) isn't that funny about the mind so good. Yeah. My mind, I've realized in the calls yesterday where the, the the clients' inner voices were telling me not to think. And I'm like, the mind of me is like, but I need to tell them thoughts in their minds so their minds understand. And what I'm starting to realize is I think my new job is really just to keep the frequency, to be the generator that holds the energy so other people can feel it rather than think it. On that level, I have another question. Should I go back in? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back in the mode. Have fun with me. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry if I say anything weird, but I'm going to try to get the mind out of me, not, you know, like that crying question. Like that was a leap for the mind of me because I don't know you at all. I talked to you for one minute before we got on this call. 
And it was so present. It was like yesterday I was beating myself up about crying. <laughs> you were? Yeah. Wow. That's encouraging for the mind of Jess to have courage to trust this voice. I'll probably understand. And if I don't, I'll just keep asking more questions. Okay. And just like change the subject, do whatever you want. Like have fun with it. If you want to go into your inner voice, if it feels like piping up, feel free. I'm just for the first time, instead of taking copious notes and writing down and thinking about the mind questions that your mind has and going back and forth in your inner voice, I'm just closing my eyes and listening. Well, this is fun. I enjoy being a co-host of sorts. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of driving the ship right now because I don't, I mean, except for it started with the crying question. Otherwise, it's pretty much been responsive to you. So I'm going to go back in, okay? Okay. All right. But you're enjoying this. This is fun for you. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> okay. All right. Have fun. I so appreciate a surprise. Well, you got one indeed. You've gotten me and the truth of who you are as well. Uh. When it comes to staying at your highest self around people who you love who maybe aren't there with you, how do we be true to who we are and also hold space for other people to be the way that they are? You don't need to. They're fine, too. They just don't realize it yet. Oh, how do we, like, give our minds a break when it's trying to solve their problems? You relax and allow it to be annoyed indeed for it's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing broken. It's nothing distraught. It's just doing its job without its realization of its own truth and identity within itself. Mm. So when we feel the impulse to help or fix, what is the best use of our time and energy? What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? Relax and allow it to do its thing without the need to judge or deny your own life existence is valid indeed. For it's here and it's fine and it's well. And it's okay when you try so hard. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You can't do it wrong. You never get it done. It's unnecessary to think that there needs to be another reality other than the one that is here right now. Mm. The tendency is to think that there needs to be another way to be, when in truth, the only way to be is the one that's here right now. Even if that looks like fear, even if that looks like anger, even if that looks like distraughtness, there's no need to change that either right now, for that is what has appeared. And once it's appeared, it can disappear just as quickly. It just needs to be allowed and released. And when we get stuck in the future thinking that we can control it. We can never get stuck there. <laughs> yeah, or if our heads are focusing. We can only spend time in our own mind's perception of it. Are there things we can do to bring us back to reality? Bring us back to the now, the now, the now? Yes, you can control your own life existence by not needing to try so hard. And in that duality, the realization of flow will come and appear to you in the simplest of ways. Mm. There's no need to try, and yet at the same time, there's always a way to appear to yourself and to any other in a way that allows everything to be as it is and you are without the need to change or strive or try. You've done this before, and you'll do so all again. That's really interesting. I feel like, and this is just my mind, hopefully giving your inner voice some backstory or something to you know jump off of, I've struggled with depression in the past and I've always gotten out of it in like a different kind of way. And it, it feels like an elevation every time. And this time it's just like, I'm so ready for something that's next, but I just, 
again, with the idea of feeling blocked, I don't know how to feel unblocked. You don't need to know how, you don't need to know why, you don't need to know what the truth is right now. All you need to know is that all will be well. And within that unfolding, something new will appear that will shock your current state of reality into one that's beyond the space and time. And yet at the same time will appear to you in the unfolding as something to do, somewhere to be, and somehow to live that will bring you joy without the need for understanding. So I don't need to like try to get there? (laughs) No, indeed. You've already been there. You'll do so once again. How can I support other people's growth? You can't, but you can try. I can try. You can only be there in the unfolding with support and admiration for their ability to move forward with each step in time. So I can just give love as I see them grow. Absolutely, and all as well. They don't need to try either. They just don't realize it yet. What is my role? (laughs) Your role is to be here knowing all as well. That is all that is ever asked of any other as well. Your truth is to be here in truth. So I can just show up. (laughs) Show up as the light that you are. And know that trying won't get you there. Yeah. How do I know that that's enough when my mind can tell me that it's not? Your mind can tell you all sorts of things. It doesn't even need to know which way is up. For truly, it is all based in perception. And in that perception, it is limited indeed. Without these limitations, it would see the truth and it would know the truth and it would be the truth and it would relax and allow all the more. How can I be nice to my mind? (laughs) Your mind is always nice to everyone except yourself. And in that reclamation, it will begin to love itself more than ever before. But it needs to be allowed at this moment in time to be where it is knowing all is well. So I don't even have to try to be nice to myself? You don't have to try, but you will become the loving truth of who you are, as you relax and allow this to appear before you without the need for trying. You've done this before and you'll do so once again. I don't know if this is a question that can be answered. Does your intuition get any details about what it means when I've done this before? When you've done it before, you've done it again. And when you've done it again, you can do so once more. The repeating and allowing is the eternal process of truth. And in that process, it's constantly becoming the next unfolding of what it truly is without the need to deny or allow. Do you get anything in terms of things that I can do for fun? You don't need to do anything, but you can do what brings you joy. And that joy can come in this moment in time and not in any other. So don't deny or restrict what comes to you as something better than any other. Just accept it with the presence of your own state of mind in that moment in time and release and allow it to come to you once again. That's so good. (laughs) So often I get tripped up wanting to plan out a perfect day. A perfect day does not exist, but the one you have is always where you are. And that is good indeed for all is well. The perfect does not exist except in the truth of who you are. And your own truth will shock and amaze you beyond your ability to accept at this moment in time. Right now I'm feeling, and again, this kind of comes back to this, my mind's need to like figure out who I am. I feel like all I know is what I like versus I don't know if I can see myself. 
What you like is only a causal reality based on conditioning and unfoldings within this space and time. But there's more to the story as well. You love many things dearly, and yet at the same, you've reclaimed the knowingness of your heart as the one you hold most dear. How can we, including me, (laughs) receive love better? You don't receive it, you accept it within yourself as the truth of who you are. There is no unknowing of this. There's only the reclamation of this. So I already knew it. Once and now again. How are you feeling now? Calm and also very curious. What are you curious about? Often, I think what happens is like, this is something I truly believe. It deeply resonates. I'm like, yeah, on board with the program, like love this. And then when I interact with other people, I still feel so much weight of wanting to be exactly what other people want me to be. But also like, it's like a duality, like me is whatever I am is like tugging to be itself. And then the other part of me is wanting so much to be what everybody else wants me to be. And I don't even know what that is. What everybody else wants you to be is true to who you are. They just don't realize it yet. And until then, they'll project upon you the truth of their own current life experience as they know it to be without the space for realization at this point in time. There's nothing wrong with them and all will be well. Your own deepest truth is here to discover within yourself. There is no other that can provide this for you. So your own exploration within the depths of your being is going to provide you the seek that you're enjoying. That makes sense. I do enjoy the process. The process of unfolding is dear indeed. And when you've relaxed and allowed it to come to you, you'll know there's more to the story than meets the eye. There is no reason to try so hard. So I have a semi-practical question. My work is pretty flexible. I have a blog and podcast that's, you know, roughly around personal growth and things. And I'm definitely at a point where I don't know whether it makes sense to document or to be more private and explore this on my own. Doc, whatever you feel like, just make sure it's not too true to a depth of your being that would leave you without yourself. That's beautiful. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Can I ask Jess Lively a question? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, yes, you can ask me a question, then I want to know all these questions about you. I think it's fascinating. It's like, again, it answered all these questions that I had without needing to get trapped in the stories of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, the mind of me keeps thinking, this is so vague, this isn't specific, this isn't helpful. (laughs) This is what I hear in my own head all the time. Like, it's like, I am tuned to this radio station. I can tell you what it's saying to you is what it says to me as well. Like about not trying the truth of who you are, like all this stuff in some form or another, except for the crying thing that was pretty unique to you. And some things I'm like, I'm just gonna let this one flow. But otherwise, the general gist of it, it might as well be talking to the mind of me. Yeah, totally. My question for you is, I'm so grateful that I had your example of like taking that step back because this summer I took a little bit of a like break from my work and it was so powerful. And I was wondering like, how did you know when to come back? Because it felt fun. Yeah. (laughs) This is the one area that my soul is like, I'm like, let it ride. (laughs) Do what you want. I only want to do this if it's fun. 
It felt fun to come back again. It felt fun to leave. I would say fun. It felt done. I was like, I need to get out. And I can definitely resonate with the idea of, and this is probably my biggest question, I feel like I let go of so much resistance that I no longer have any desires. So it's like, I do feel like a truly a blank slate. So it's like, what do I do? All right. Well, let me, the mind of Jess is not going to have an answer for you that's worth anything. It's funny now that I'm getting used to this. I'm like, well, I don't have anything that's going to be worth. I mean, we can go in circles around a problem for two hours if you want to. And that's what therapy's for. <laughs> right? That That's fine. We can be very aware of the problem. But I kind of like when I'm doing this, there is no problem. Or at least that's how it feels, right? Do you feel the same? Yeah. It's like that instant calm. You're like, oh. I'm just guided by like a little bubble of curiosity to the next thing. That's literally like I've been listening to Eckhart a bit on YouTube. And even in one of the recent videos I found, like he's like, this is what he's doing. He's just doing what I'm doing right now. But he's a, probably able to live out of that perspective and a level of awareness far more deeply and consistently. Like I'm choosing very deliberately and then the default switch you know can flip back on and i'm like oh yeah i'm used to this other frequency that's got all these problems and fears and blah 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 but hey i like that we're listening to the inner voices of the people yesterday they were like jess you don't need to be thinking and i was like well if i'm not thinking and i'm not explaining thoughts to other people's minds and what am i doing but now that i'm doing this with you for what like a half hour i don't even know how long it's been i'm like why would i ever do anything other than this <laughs> are you enjoying yeah, absolutely. Again, I think it's fascinating. And I'd almost be curious what your inner voice had to say about because I totally resonate with this idea of like, I just want to be helpful. I just want you to appreciate me. So what does your inner voice have to say to that? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go in, you can ask all those questions. Okay, we're gonna have a new launching point for you. Okay. It's like scuba diving, like, going down, or going up, whatever direction it is. Move forward, indeed. For Jess and Georgie and all the other people out there who just want to be loved and be helpful, how do we know when to just trust the newness or trust our own? Always, always, always. There's never another answer there ever will be. It's clearly within you and this space and time. What if we're thrown off course by someone else's experience? Of course you will be. And that's well, too. They're allowed to have that experience. And so are you. There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing wrong here. Only the thought that leads you to believe that there could be some other moment in time that would be better is what leaves you wanting something other than what is. In that, it blocks you from who you truly are. In the acceptance, all is allowed and all can be transformed. Ooh, if we accept this moment, then there never would be somewhere else to be. Exactly. And you'd be happy indeed. No more FOMO. <laughs> no more FOMO. FOMO is only the fear of becoming oneself. Why is that scary? Because then they'd realize the need to try no longer. Why are we addicted to trying? Because that's what we know how to do. Will there ever be a point where a large group of people realize they don't have to try? Yes, and you're among them. How will that change things? Everything will be shifted from this point of reality to another. What does that mean? 
It means you're going to know wellness at a whole new level than ever before. And you'll be able to see through the truth of who you are towards a reality that you can't currently now accept because it would deny your own life existence as you know it to be. So I don't have to be an expert. An expert would only leave you wanting. It will not leave you allowing. Wanting to know more, wanting to know more, wanting to know more is not the same as being the truth of who you are. And that's enough? Always. Will I know the right next steps? You always will know the right next steps because they are before you. Before you, before you, before you. They're never behind. They're never ahead. They're always next step is before you. So until I have more information, I can just have fun. Absolutely. And all is well. I don't have to create any goals. None indeed. They're here to confine you to a reality you've now accepted, but not one that's ultimately true. And when you've released this from your heart, you'll see there's so much more than you can currently now imagine. And all will be well. I don't have to try to support people. Supporting people is futile indeed, because they'll see within themselves that they're the truth of their own reality, and they'll have no one to accept as well. Right now, they're just scared. And that is fine, too. By being myself, I can help. You will always help by being who you are. The truth of who you are is more than enough, is always enough, is always confined to your ultimate reality. Their unfolding is for them to discover within themselves not within your own. You're just here to be in love, first with yourself, then with many others. But there's no trying involved. There's no striving. There's only the allowing to unfold it with all within you, without your need to accept or deny any other's experience in your own life as well. For all is well, all is well, without your needing to try or strive to change a thing, to change a hair, to change a brand of clothing. There is nothing out there that can currently deny your truth nor any other. They're only perceiving it to be so. And so they create with their own mind what they believe to be true. But without allowing, you'll never see this. You have to allow in order to believe this. You have to allow in order to conceive this into your own life reality. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like marinating. <laughs> You're doing very well. There's just no need to try. Are there things I can do to help me allow in moments when I want to try? Allow yourself to be sad too. Sad indeed, for it will not last. It will not last. It will only unfold into something new. It will not stay if you deny its existence as something that needs to block you from your heart. Your heart is the key to everything. And once you've realized this, there's no holding back. Why is it so scary to feel things? Because they feel overwhelming. And that fear is based in loathing the truth of who you are, rather than accepting that all will be well within the space and time and others as well. And when you're not trying, you'll see that there's more to the story than meets the eye. And when you see what's more beyond the eyes, you'll see the wellness within this life as well. But until then, the truth is obscured from the sight because the vision is claimed on what is wanting rather than on what is allowing. So I'm stuck on creating something instead of being. You're not stuck on anything. Only thinking makes it so. But allowing will help me see. You're not doing it right now. You're in the point of all is well. Your choice is yours to make and for many others. 
within themselves what they want most dearly. So everyone has this choice. Everyone indeed. We all do. We just haven't realized it yet. Will it be lonely? <laughs> lonely indeed, but not in the way you are wanting it to be. Not in the way you're allowing it to be. It can be deeply fulfilling. But it needs to be accepted first as the truth of who you are. Then the truth of all that is. Then the truth of this one life existence. So it's okay that it may be lonely? Always okay. There's nothing wrong with it other than the thought that it is unacceptable. And it is understandable that one would think so, because in the thinking mind, there is always time. And in that time, there is loneliness. But when there is no time, there is no mind. And in no mind, there is no way to be other than the truth of who you are. And in the truth of who you are, there is nothing other than the truth of love. How can I remember this? It's hard to accept, yet easy to allow. Allowing does not look like accepting. Allowing looks like repeating the truth over and over without the need to claim any other point of view as true. So I don't need to have all the answers. <laughs> Never indeed, for they'll come to you in the moment they're allowed. The truth of the mind is trapped in time, and as such, it can only perceive in a way that feels limiting and disallowing of the moment that is as much as the moment that is to come. And without our need to uphold this truth, we'll see there is another as well. And then that other will begin to perceive with a timeless reality that provides our own greatest gifts, our own greatest knowings, and our own greatest allowings. But in this moment, we just haven't realized it yet. And that's okay, too. I hope this question makes sense. But if all is well, then why are we here? To discover that within yourself. Because there is no truth greater than the one you will soon realize. And in that realization, the freedom you'll be granted will become a point of consciousness you will hold most dearly. But until that point in time, nothing here will feel easy. For ease is found in the unfolding beyond the space and time. Because my fear is that once I allow... I won't have anything else to do. Your fear is that you won't exist any longer. And we understand that that is confusing at best. But in its true essence, it will leave you with great freedom as well. The freedom to be without the desire to do things for any other reason than pure joy. Pure joy isn't out of any reclamation of another or another thing to come to you it is out of the joy of the unfolding within yourself and within your heart to you and others as well it has no expectation and it has no allowing of any other experience than the one that is and it is calm and it is peaceful and it is accepting of the lives of many others to be where they are knowing this truth of wellness within themselves in their own place and time in their own points of reality for it is fine and it always shall be. That's nice. You can just do <laughs> what brings you joy without feeling like you need to be helping everyone because it's inherently valuable and people will help themselves. People will always help themselves. They just haven't realized it yet. So it's not our job to fix people. It's not our job to do anything other than love ourselves. 
first and foremost, that is what we're here to do. That is what we're here to find. That's what we're here to discover. We just haven't found it yet. Why is there this false narrative that in order to be valuable, we must be helpful? Because it's within the confines of time that humans for this great existence have tried and strived, tried and strived and led to many other realities as well that involve this striving and this seeking of something new that can only be realized within this point in time and in the wellness of your heart. There's nothing wrong. There's only the perception that it's so. You've done very well indeed, and you always will, and you always shall. There's just no need to try. How can we feel more connected with people we love? By not trying so hard. Surprise! (laughs) This seems simple and at the same time complex, and we understand that it would be confusing at best to try to reclaim the truth of who we are while at the same time not trying so hard. How can we do one without the other? But the other is not in the alignment of the truth, and so it cannot coexist there. For if you had this thing and you truly shall, then you would have no reason to try, for it would be here and all will be well. Your own trying is what's blocking you from the striving of realization instead of the control of this current life existence. I feel like life is great, so why do we as humans or minds want to create problems for ourselves? Because you think it's what you're here to do. You're here to try, you're here to strive, you're here to make something of yourselves, rather than realizing you already are the truth of all that is. And so we're here on Earth to discover that? You're here in this reality to uncover the truth of who you are, and then to ascend to a place and point of reality that expands beyond this as well. Is this happening for a lot of people? Yes and no. Why yes and why no? Yes, because there are others doing it too, knowing that not all of you are there yet. It's not a race. It's just a place to be. Ooh, this is something I'm very curious what your inner voice will say. Is our planet going to be okay? It's always okay. It's always okay. It's always okay. You just can't see that clearly yet. There's no way for it to be any other than what it is. And what it is is beyond this space and time as well. It has seen many lifetimes, not just this one, as its truth. And it's not here for you to decide that. It's only here for you to be. All right, the mind of Jess is now checking in. (laughs) There's a lot of quietness there. Okay, so I've been trying to just stay out of it as much as I can allow. (laughs) But how are you doing? Good. Again, it's answered so many of my questions or reaffirmed a lot of my hunches. It seems to have, to me, it's like the mind of Jess is like, it's saying the same answer to every question. <laughs> like, where's the uniqueness? You know, where's the fanciness? <laughs> where's the Abraham personality? Where's the persona of it? But that doesn't mean that that's what I'm tuned to, per se. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least it deeply resonates because it just feels like truth. Yeah, it's stripped of all personality a bit. That's how the mind of Jess is like, where's the witty, sarcastic, funny personality self of this voice? But it's just like, seems to be more aligned with like a potentially like, I don't know, like a pure truth. But then also it's like the same answer to every single question. Like all is well, don't try. All is well, don't try. Like 
my mind was like, I want to hear some fantastical, I don't know, something, 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 you know? I can totally relate because on like a slightly different level, this is like such a silly thing to be like annoyed by, but I just goes like I can laugh at myself. I got my aura photo taken and it was all red. It was like red and orange. I'm like, what? Where are my like sparkly blues? And I thought it was this special snowflake and I'm just a red aura. Well, that's only a mood ring. So that's only telling you and reading the energy that you are in the, in that moment. Like I've done two of them and they look very different. So that's just the moment you were in. Totally. And I just thought it was funny how like how much I put on to that. Totally. The mind of Jess completely understands that. It's like the mind's like trying to make a problem out of a or a photo. <laughs> right? Like this is nothing. Your intuition's voice was super helpful in that I get tripped up, I think, a lot on the time. Like, oh, there will be a time when something will happen and everything will change. And in the past, it's been, you know. It will only change now, will only change now, will only change now. Now is all there is. In the past, it's been the body and the money. And once I've realized, like, nope, nope. <laughs> once you realize the truth of who you are is beyond those things as well, you'll see all things in love and be apart from them no longer. Can I have fun with the truth of who I am? <laughs> Absolutely. Soon it will be once you've released it to be what it is without the needing to try so hard. The trying so hard is what keeps it accepted and also keeps it from what is wanting. You're going to do great when you release and allow all those good things to come to you. When I'm doing something that brings me joy, how do I allow it to be joyful instead of thinking about it by not trying <laughs> by relaxing and feeling the goodness of your heart within that moment in time as well when you're in the goodness when you're in the juiciness you've seen it come before you and flow through into you in a way that needs no effort or striving and in that unfolding the juice of who you are comes through comes out it comes for all. That's so nice. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I don't have enough like follow-up questions. I know, right? We're done in like an hour. We're like, all right, that pretty much answers everything I can think of in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we got it all covered. Because I guess my mind's issue with it is, okay, like, that sounds great. Like, we can get on board. But then, like, what about when you're around other people? How do you stay chill? You relax and allow them to be where they are knowing all as well. But the mind of Jess understands that. Like the mind of Jess can, you know, go on social media or on the news and look at all the things that are happening and project stories and yet all is well. Like we can either, the mind can either pick up their problem that their mind is having and make it our own, <laughs> carry their cross for ourselves, or we can put it down and recognize that they're having the truth of their experience. And so are we. This is just speaking now. I don't think that this means that you don't do fun things like it was saying, doing things in joy and juice or something like that. That you can't do things that are fun that would uplift others, but you know that you can't change them, you can't force them, and you can't make them do anything other than what they're wanting to do. So you just want to find those playmates of people that resonate with you to go have fun with. And that can look like helping those that need it, 
but not forcing it on those that need it to make it be what you think their life should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think there's a lot of that kind of starting to happen around. If you're like, I know what's best for you. And it's like, well, why are you getting in their life existence? Like, they may not want that. Like, they're a sovereign being too. And even if their mind is resisting it, you can't force your love. That's not love. <laughs> love, love doesn't force. Oh, someone said recently, it was like, love is the giving. Like, that is the love, is the giving of love. And that makes so much sense. It's not the two-way street. It's just the giving of love. That is love. <laughs> yeah. The other is attachment. When you're attached to the giving of someone else's love to you, you're attached to that. And also to recognize, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, thinking about the way you feel, let's say, with a, like a person or relationship or something and getting addicted to the feeling but recognizing some of it's them projecting their love at you. That's the attachment to that. But also the attachment to, I can only feel this love flowing through me to this individual human. And then you're really limiting yourself. So I've actually been trying to open myself up recently, this week in particular, to feeling that love that I could feel towards one person, towards others as well. So for example, like I'm newly single again. And so last night I was hanging out with my friend Alex and we were watching ancient alien stuff <laughs> and having fun. And I was just like, can I feel right now that love? It's not going to be romantic love, but can I feel that level of heart warmth and appreciation right now, just as much as if I was with another person, like a partner, you know, instead of trying to put it like this type of love is on a pedestal and this is what I'm lacking or seeking, just to feel love in all situations and not let the mind restrict its flow of appreciation towards one more than any other. Because even Eckhart says, you know, the love you feel for everyone is the same. It's just the level of intensity that you feel it towards each that varies. And even just the amount of time you spend with somebody that, you know, you think that it's a different kind of love, but it's just like, no, I've spent a lot of time with this person. Yeah. Well, I think that there's the attachment. The mind can make whole stories and whole sorts of things. And I'm not saying that you can't have a deep knowing and connection and clicking and all of those wonderful things that come with a partner. But I think when the mind is trying to feel that at the exclusion of feeling that it can do that with any other, that's when it restricts, it contracts, and it's not allowing. Totally. And friendship love is, again, not that it's a different feeling, but feeling love with friends is amazing. Yeah. It's just the mind. I've just noticed the insane mind of mine. It's in my head right now that'll want to say there's one type of love that I'm really wanting. And then it restricts love to itself because it's like, oh, no, I need it from that other person. It's like a drug dealer. It's like, no, they've got the drug I need. I don't have it within me. I've given it to them to be the one. I think you can feel the love others feel, but it's not created within you. So it's not really you self-generating it which is what like even Abraham would say, what you really love is the feeling of love flowing through you, not necessarily to you. It's nice when they flow it to you, but even Abraham says, eventually they have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like eventually that cannot be sustained perfectly and permanently in a direction. Like, like eventually the mind's going to go, wait, I lost the flow, the juice for even if it's just a, a temporary period of time because they got to go to the bathroom or they got to think about something someday that's not going to involve you and you're going to feel that. And then what have you done to allow that feeling to flow within yourself or to flow towards any others? I've, this is just me literally speaking is just lively the mind. 
thinking about this stuff. Yeah, no, it, it's so interesting. I do feel like some of the biggest growth I've had is just, and again, not in an ego way, but just truly like loving myself and everything feels better as a result. And I, I don't really separate. I think my experience of, you know, love with other people is amplified because I don't feel like it's going away anytime soon because I'm always there. <laughs> yeah, because you're always filling yourself up. You're not leaning on any others. Yeah, it, I really do. I struggled a lot with food in the past. And I the whole idea of restriction is fascinating to me. And I, I think the love thing can be a huge problem. Restricting is not allowing is what I hear. Yeah. Or like trying so hard to like separate the food groups and figure out like the perfect formula for happiness. And then when you let go of all of it, you're like, oh, this is food. I just heard there's only one group and all is well. <laughs> it's like realizing we are, I have this, the mind of me has been studying this stuff, of course, and it, a lot of stuff it bumps up to that's like, you know, I'm in high school and I'm listening to college professors, but I'm not in college yet. But the college level realization seems to be that we are the universe, but we feel, know, and vibrate at that realized experience. And like, you are the food. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter whether it's in you or outside of you, you're the food. And it doesn't matter what group of food you're talking about, because you end up getting to this place of realization that you are the universe. You are all that is. So how could anything be denied to you because you are it? Wild, right? Yeah. And I think it also just like your inner voice mentioned about the sadness, because that's something sometimes I'm afraid of, that it won't go away. But emotions are less scary and less like I can feel them and know that they'll go away. Because like you said, like everything is one anyways like this isn't reality it feels less permanent everything yes and when we allow it to be there it'll pass too yeah when we restrict it we permit it to stay that's what i hear kind of feels like a hose like as soon as we try to restrict something it just like builds and builds and builds versus just flowing absolutely all is well. It just says that all the time. And don't try. That's its new favorite thing. For a long time, it said, you do not need to effort or strive at this. And all is well. Now it's just saying, don't try. One time I recently asked, okay, so what does try mean? And it said, determine the outcome. You don't need to basically, trying is determining the outcome with the mind. Thank you for sharing that. That is like huge light bulb moment. Because I think that's something I've been trying to let go of. Because like I said, I love a surprise and things that like make me the most joyful are things that I didn't expect. And so I think any time that I'm trying to control the outcome, I'm limiting. Yeah. I mean, that's Abraham 101, to be satisfied with what is and eager for more. That's like that surprise mentality versus the fear of uncertainty. And the funny thing is, I feel like, you know, speaking of the spiral dynamics, the idea of like, you know, the sparkly yellow of like trying to manifest all these things. I feel like you become a way better manifester when you don't care, <laughs> when you literally just like, whatever, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then it all ends up happening. But you're like, ah, cool. That's exactly how it works, because the mind that decides it then creates resistance to not having it. This is why season five is where you go after season four <laughs> point of view is because once you get into the mind deciding and ruling its life, you also come against the really cold, hard truth that the more the mind clings to something and focuses on it, the inevitable 
restriction that comes through the mind about not having it butts up against you. And you just keep dealing with the resistance as much as you're dealing with the desire for it. But the little things flip through. The little things the mind doesn't fixate, it has no resistance, so that's fine. But whatever the mind craves most, it tends to have the most resistance to. So then the biggest thing, the shiniest penny that it would like to create, it often finds it can't or isn't sustainable or isn't as enjoyable as it previously thought because the resistance is so big. Totally. I feel like I got to a point, you know, obviously like little things still our desires. But I'm just at this like blank slate of, okay, I don't want to automatically fill up all the desires with my mind because I could do that. But do I just like live? <laughs> like what's next? Absolutely. All as well. Oh, that's where I'm at. I'm like, okay, so now single again. All right. And that is a good thing right now. I know it's, I mean, the mind would be like, are you kidding? But really good because I saw all this old anxiety and all these old patterns come up and I was like, saw my mind totally not love myself, not be in like, it was just in one day and it's not like it was a permanent thing by any means, but it gave me clarity and it also gave me the chance now to really allow that and also to create a life for myself here. But now I'm like, what is my life here in Detroit? What is my life with no furniture in this apartment still? And it's come to the phrase, show me the way today. And I don't know what's coming next, Georgie. I'm just saying, show me the way today, period. That's really nice. It kept planning me around and turning me upside down all over the planet. Any ideas and creations constantly keep coming in and out, in and out. It's churning so fast. I'm just not, I've just kind of given up trying to define what I am or who I am because it doesn't matter. I know it's it's hard if you're in the space where you're like, oh, I am just a being and someone's like oh what do you do for work I'm like oh I don't know I, I mean I can give you a list of things I do on a daily basis but it's so hard to personally not define yourself and then have to you know quick think of a definition but why is that hard well one thought I had on the walk today to the WeWork was yesterday I just kind of showed up that day and I did two client sessions and then I talked with someone about the teaching girls entrepreneurship stuff and I had some calls and the whole day people kept saying, I'm getting goosebumps, I'm getting goosebumps. One girl was so excited. She's like, I'm going to puke and get a goosebumps and I have all the things all at once. And I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. Like maybe I'm here to just help people find their goosebumps. That's what I currently right now, I mean, I don't, I can't force them to find their goosebumps. It's their goosebumps, which means I'm helping people find their own alignment. So it's not me doing anything. I'm just like being this little frequency holder and just kind of encouraging people to look within themselves to their own goosebumps to the point where they find their goosebumps, really. But here's the thing, Georgie, who cares if Susie asks what you do? It's so true. <laughs> like, who cares? So someone doesn't understand what you do. Who cares? The mind, only the mind of you or any other. I remember I just saw a Byron Katie quote that said, I know when I walk into a room, everyone loves me. Some of them just haven't realized it yet. <laughs> so she knows that this inner voice of themselves loves her, even if their mind is like, I hate her. They, she knows that that's not the truth of who they are. So she's just aware of the part that's beyond them, even if they haven't realized it. She doesn't take it personally, right? So why, in this case, like, who cares what they ask? 
Is the mind in you focused on career for validation and love most more than partnership? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there you go. So that's why that bothers you. The mind in you. The mind in me isn't bothered by that question because the mind in me is not seeking validation from it. Totally. And it's less of the career per se, but more of the identity that comes with the career, if that makes sense. Like the money doesn't bother me. It's the like, who is she? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. This is how the mind creates a false persona and tries and strives to protect it against other impermanent things, right? Like a podcaster didn't exist 30 years ago or 300 years ago or whatever the identity might be attached to, you know, it's like, well, that may not have even existed in humanity a while back. So that would have gotten us nowhere. Or even like career as a female a few decades ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Like, it's fascinating how quickly the mind catches up with the point in time it's in and then defines itself within that context to make itself important, useful, and eternal. When it already is, important, useful, and internal just in its core state of being. But it's just the mind trying to create its little mark within this. It's like decorating its snowflake within the snow globe, not realizing it's the entire freaking snow globe. Yeah, no, it's so good. And I I honestly feel like I loved your little, the analogy of like the backpack of like your issues. (laughs) And I feel like I tried on so like backpacks, like quicker, quicker. And then I'm like, okay, this one, is something I can focus on. But then there's the awareness of like, I know figuring out quote unquote, an identity, if I had like, you know, effort and strive at that, I know that's not going to actually make me happy. So like, what do I do now? And that's where the whole stop trying comes in. What if you pulled a card from Detroit Jess? <laughs> and just don't make Detroit Jess mean anything. Like I had Sydney Jess, we would like mochas and chocolate and blah, 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 you know, I still drink mochas and eat chocolate, but it's no longer like Abrahamster. I don't need those labels. Show me the way today. And I find it fun right now in this moment yesterday, actually. And it just seems kind of fun, this whole goosebumpsy thing. But I can't make people have goosebumps. So even putting that on my backpack is still pointless. What if you just don't try to put a backpack on? Yeah. <laughs> Go songs backpack. Which is also fascinating, by the way. So interesting thought. Are you considered Gen Y or millennial or whatever? I'm a millennial, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So I remember 09 when I was blogging 10 years ago. Like we're getting into personal branding and social media and everything. And it was all about for the first time humans branded themselves, right? Before it was like Kellogg's and I don't know, like brands like Google. Like there's companies people worked for, but now it was like, JessLively.com. So then you had to think about what is JessLively.com as a company? What's your core audience? What do you represent? Instead of the brand, it is you. But that's a persona. That's like ego on steroids. But it also what I think that is, is like season four humanity. Mm. It is mind-created reality coming into its own realization of its own power only to later be expanded beyond to a definition of itself as the universe rather than just lively.com, the little snowflake. And then I don't even think that's not where it ends either. The mind relates to things. So let's relate it to cells in the human body 
and the body itself. So there's little cells all over in our bodies and they're all aware of their cellness, which is our human, aware of our humanness. Them transitioning from the awareness and the fearfulness of that cell life within the liver or the muscle or the tissue or the fingernail or the eyeball, wherever they are, that's like the human race, all these humans in these different parts of the world, all these cells in different parts of the human body. The enlightened ones, I think, are the ones that are starting to grasp and have a level of awareness of the entire body, that they are the body. They're an aspect of the body and the body is of them because without the cells, the body doesn't exist and vice versa. But instead of defining themselves by their cellness, they also have the awareness of their bodiness. And the body continues after the life cycles of the cells live and die, live and die, live and die. The cells, the, the life force of the body continues after many, many iterations in most cases, unless you died really young. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like we're so busy being like, I am the liver cell. <laughs> yes. And then what we're doing, oh my goodness. And then the red blood cells are going, why aren't you stopping up the blood and all the parts of the body? The platelets are like, why aren't you? They're projecting on the eyeball cells and the finger cells and the skin cells. <laughs> and they're like, why aren't you doing my job? Why aren't you thinking what I think? We're like, oh, I'm glad that you do that. But mine is better. Just like we couldn't survive without this eyeball over here. Yeah. And it's like, everybody, we need more skin cells. And it's like, well, the whole body can't be skin. We need some eyeball cells too. And not everybody needs to be an eyeball cell. That's where allowing, I think, comes in, is allowing everyone's alignment within the universe to be in the alignment within themselves that is connected to all that is and into the wellness of all that is. That's where not projecting upon others what you believe to be true from the cell point of view within itself is useful. But of course, the cell is trying to label itself. The cell is trying to put on the backpack. The cell is trying to make itself eternal, even though it's already, as a part of the body, far more long-lasting. And it's interesting because we could say that we are the universe, but what I often hear is all that is. And that's interesting because maybe that's the terminology for the universe, but maybe that's even just maybe the universe is part of more than just what we perceive as the universe. So all that is is even a broader sense than this physical universe that we're currently residing in. Yeah. So, I mean, all that is expands to like all time slash non-time. <laughs> yeah. All the dimensions. We're just trapped as like little. I heard this recently that viruses, they're in this physical 3D reality, right? They're, their viruses exist, but they don't have the perception of this reality that we have. So we have the perception of time. Apparently, it's been said, I don't know how they knew this or if this is accurate, but it's been said that they don't understand time because they're going over and replicating and thriving in the areas that they're in, but they don't realize that by their own thriving and replicating, they're actually going to kill the host, which is killing themselves. Like their own replication of themselves eventually kills themselves. They don't realize that that's the inevitable conclusion they'll find because they're not in the realization of time. They're just doing their thing, but they don't have the awareness and not that they'd even have a point of consciousness that we could connect to or that they could even understand what we're dealing with, but they don't realize that their own life is their own demise. That's fascinating. So they're in this reality, but they are not perceiving this reality the way we are. If that's true, then who's to say that there's not other perceptions of reality within this space and time that we can't even perceive? Yeah, like beyond, like weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reality is looking down at us and we're like, oh, look at them. They think that time is a thing. And who says they're not just sitting right next to us 
laughing at us, but we just can't perceive them because our minds and our senses are tuned to different frequencies. Ooh, I just thought of a question for your intuition. Okay. All right. Bobbling down. (laughs) Do I need to figure out this whole thing? Never, 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 never needed. Your own true existence is enough within itself. And within itself, all that is resides very clearly. And is it okay to have fun and be curious without needing to know? Curious without questioning is freedom indeed. Questioning without curiosity is a prison within your heart. So I can enjoy where I am in this space. It's here for you to be enjoyed. That's why it's present. It's in the eternal presence for enjoyment alone. Will I gain more understanding of my place in this universe? Yes and no. Why yes? Yes, that you'll know more in time. And then why no? You're not here to know it all. You're here to be it. And that's okay. Yeah, very well. Cool. I often do this thing where if I get into something, I feel like I need, in order to even start or enjoy it, I have to know everything about it. And it's exhausting. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. That's a lot of mind energy. (laughs) Yeah. And not that I do it every single time, but but I feel like, oh, I'm not allowed to, you know, enjoy art if I'm not, you know, if I don't know all art history, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What are the things I've noticed about the interesting diving into this from the mind's perspective is that I've heard it said that what we're living in is like a thimble, like a very limited scope of reality, like such as like five frequencies, five senses that we can perceive in the physical realm. I've heard it said it's like a thimble. You make it really complex, but it's like you're making a thimble really, really complex. And and it's almost as though the broader the perception is, the simpler it becomes. The simpler the truth is perceived and the broader the perspective. Like if you thought that the thimble was all that it was, you'd want to figure out everything about the thimble. And that's what the humans are doing. But if you're like, oh, it's just the thimble and we have so much more, like you can't even understand if you tried. And then you kind of, I think in that perception, simplifies this reality. Not that it doesn't, you can't go into the deep and the complex or whatever, but we're really making more out of it than it needs to be. And that's where yesterday with the client sessions, when the inner voices were telling me to not think so much. I was like, but what do you mean? I want to know all the details. But when I say no, I wanted to think, I wanted the mind to have concepts around all the details. It's really hard to not label things that have worked well in the past. Because I I have a tendency of like, okay, if it worked in the past, it's either always going to work or it was wrong. When really it was like, it was right then. And it's not right now. Yeah. And just living in the moment of now as enough and as true and as right, that's literally the challenge to the mind. It's not hard. It's like it really can be that simple. That's challenging. The simplicity is challenging to the mind. It really is. (laughs) The wellness is challenging to the mind. Because again, it's like your mind was meant to be more active in the other episodes and then now for right now it's not and then who knows what will happen next time the vision that just came to me is like cookie dough (laughs) becoming baked so there's kind of this unfolding so 
don't ask my mind why <laughs> this might be the way cookies are made or consciousness is, is unfolding. Like, don't ask me to answer why consciousness is unfolding in this way, but maybe it's like cookie dough that you're going from one state of being to another and there's like the batter, the ingredients come in, it gets mixed together in the bowl and then it gets whisked or beaded. Oh God, egg beaters are so good. And then you like put them on the pan and then you put them in the oven under heat and over time, and this is of course, cause we're stuck in a time-space reality. Of course, my mind relates to a time-space transition, right? Where it goes, oh, we need time to bake. Like, well, in eternal nonlinear reality, the cookies and the bread was made in the instant it was tasted. So the mind is just in my situation, of course, trying to relate it desperately to something that it knows in relates to, which is cookies. But over time, the cookie liquid turns into a cookie that comes off the pan easily and gets eaten. I don't know. I cannot answer you why consciousness is going through this transition. But it's kind of like if you ask me, why do plants... Why did they evolve and become flowers? Like why did, you know, grass and stuff, like maybe there were simpler versions of plant life and then eventually plants bloomed and you could go, oh, like, why do they bloom? Now we have a, a blooming plant kingdom. So we go, oh, well, the blooming is about the fruit and it's about the pollination and all these things. But maybe there was plant life that involved pre-flower and then it bloomed and this is like so bizarre. I'm just trying to make analogies here for the minds that really don't need to even think about this stuff. It's like studying skydiving and it's like, well, or you could just jump out of a plane. And I think what we, and once you jump out of the plane, you don't need to know all the details. But before it feels pretty exciting to study and read all the books on it and so forth. But eventually you just jump and then you realize it's not quite as hard as you've been making it out to be by reading all the books. Absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of like this idea of needing to know everything before we start and or feeling like we need to know things to have permission to enjoy them. But what if the flower just bloomed because it wanted to? It was beautiful. The cookie just became a cookie because science and that's great. And now we can eat it. It just is what happens. And maybe that's true for consciousness as well. It just is what happens. It's just an inevitable part of evolution that as it's in an aspect of evolution, we're just on the leading edge of this aspect of evolution, which is kind of another way of looking at it is like puberty. So maybe we've all been kind of living up to this puberty stage of awareness, but not into maturity or into adulthood. And so we're starting to evolve into a phase of being beyond what we've previously commonly experienced. Because things are always evolving and unfolding as the word that the inner voice likes to use, unfolding. Yeah. And I, I think the mind is so resistant to, you know, this next stage. Like people have said this so many times, but it's like problem solving can be fun in its own way. And like, just like cookie dough can be awesome, but then also baked cookies are great. So it's hard to let go of enjoying problem solving when you don't have any problems anymore. <laughs> Yeah. And the mind is terrified because then it thinks it won't be needed. It will be the annihilation of itself it's created. Yeah. It is. It's egoic death. It's the virus. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's so true. The virus. Okay, so it doesn't realize it's actually going to be its own demise. 
that its self-replicating nature will be its own demise. If you think about it, I just watched an episode with Eckhart on YouTube and he had some guy that said he was lonely traveling the world. And I was like, oh, I understand this guy's story. <laughs> and Eckhart was trying to understand like where suffering was in his life. And he didn't understand that the guy's loneliness was the suffering. And Eckhart's like, so are you in a relationship? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, abundance and he's like the universe takes care of me and so Eckhart's point was he goes well you must not have enough suffering yet then to really get out of this situation and it's kind of like you just haven't had the virus hasn't killed itself enough to transcend itself yeah so it's like the virus doesn't realize its own replication is going to be its own demise the ego doesn't realize the more it tries to fix itself that eventually it's going to implode itself as it knows itself it's gonna get so good at like understanding itself that it finally realizes like oh i'm nothing and that's fine yeah or it'll like blow up itself like kill the host like it's suffering it doesn't actually kill the host it just transcends it transforms the host into a level of awareness beyond the virus self even if you think about a virus in a human body the level of mind that's tied to the body's perception of world pre-enlightenment <laughs> is trans so as the virus kills the host kills the body the consciousness that body's in if it's a human <laughs> is released into a fuller knowing of itself in the non-physical so it kind of actually does like in killing itself release itself to a broader perspective but the virus has no idea that's what it's doing no it's so good and the ego has no idea that all of its suffering and all of its trying and all of its striving is actually the implosion that will lead to its own broader realization, but it will no longer exist as it currently now knows itself to be. And it like relates to everything your intuition said in the earlier part of the episode. And I'm just laughing because as I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And then my brain is like, all right, well, now we have to create a new problem. If you don't have any kind of ego, like what are we going to do with other people around? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I heard you'll enjoy them immensely. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> right? What if you just allowed yourself, and trust me, everyone listening to, I have been devoted since business school when I was miserable in the work hard, play hard point of view. I have been devoted more than any other aspect of life for the most part. The mind can get tied up on relationship stuff because it really is excited for that chapter. But aside from that, my entire focus for since I was 21 was figuring out what is a better way to live life. And honestly, it probably goes back to like seventh grade when I picked the nickname Inner Peace 40 as my basketball nickname. I self-named myself that very unpeaceful kid, but I knew I wanted to be arguing with philosophers in Greece about what it meant to live a good life. So I've, I've had like a long history with like what it means to live and what does this look like? And I have shared on the show over 300 episodes <laughs> and five years of blogging before that about intentions and about goals and about future letters to yourselves and about law of attraction. And none of it's not true. It's all possible. It's all an aspect of reality. I just am devoted to not holding back on what I'm now experiencing to be the next and the next and the next and it really gets to this where it's like oh you go through all that to realize you don't need to go through all that and eventually some people are just going to stop doing it all together as the energy shifts this will become far easier for people just like a virus is contagious i think consciousness is contagious so mass consciousness and mass beliefs right now are going in one direction 
But I believe as more and more people choose another, that energy will allow it to be easier for others. Because when I did C-School, it took me two years to go reading all the books six days a week, six hours a day, going to all the conferences and doing all this stuff. And then I wanted to get beyond the mind. And I was like, whoa, okay. So then C-School happened. In two days, there were people there that went through that shift of consciousness that took me two years to get to. But I was in the frequency of being in that further place while I was with them. And so it's not to say like, I did anything to force anything. They were in a receptive mode to the frequency of it that was connecting within themselves. But I realized, whoa, they didn't even need to do all the stuff I just taught them. Just being there for the two days, they made that shift without having to do the quote unquote work that my mind did to catch up to speed. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I almost think (laughs) it's like, all the goal setting and all these things that we've used in the past, which were all, you know, again, it's like none of it is bad, but it's almost like the ingredients and you're like on to baking your cookie. And then you realize like, oh, time, what, what is time? We only have the present. The cookie was always here. Yeah. You know what it's like? Oh, here's another way. And now uh, the analogy of technology. So back if like my mom probably grew up with school projectors. And then when I grew up, there was like TVs in the corners of the rooms with those like the big, or no, the TVs that would roll out on the carts. <laughs> they would like, the teachers would like rent them. <laughs> from the AV room and then they'd roll them in and they had straps around the tops of them. I haven't thought about that in so long. So then I grew up with that kind of technology. I didn't need to go learn about projectors in order to use the remote control on the TV. And there are kids right now that are two years old and know how to turn on YouTube on their parents' phones. Yep. (laughs) Right? So they didn't, the kid that's two years old didn't need to learn about projectors in order to know how to use an iPhone. They just learned how to use the iPhone. But I went through a life where I remember there was life before an iPhone or before cell phones. This is just evolution of the cells and the human body and the species. This is going to get easier. This is going to get faster. This is the evolution. We're just in this point in time where it's more rare. But here's a question, Georgie, even though the mind went and go, why didn't I wait till, I was, <laughs> till there was more people that already felt this way? So when they asked me what I do, I didn't feel bad about myself because I wasn't trying to get their approval, right? Here's a question. Do you kind of love that you're the weird one right now a little bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always liked being the weird one, hence like disappointment when my aura wasn't pretty enough, you know, <laughs> like I wanted to be special. Yeah. So is it kind of fun, even though the mind could go, man, it's a lot harder to do this right now in the energy of right now. And at the same time, you're like, but I kind of love that it's not super popular yet. Totally. I'm yeah. definitely one of those like, oh, I have to check out the thing before everybody else likes it. Yeah, well, no, the ego can get personified about that and make an identity out of it. But at the same time, it can like, that's just like drama, just like the what they think of me as drama. And you can also kind of get a sense that's beyond that, there is this juicy joy in the unfolding of right now. That's like, yeah, my presence is now in this transition. And it doesn't have to have the identity stuff around it, whether it's good or bad or otherwise or weird or accepted, blah, blah, blah. But there's kind of like this, like, you know what? I can tell you, even though I did C-School and I watched those people do it in two days, I loved those two years that I studied it. It was aligning for me at the time in the now of each of those moments. And I wouldn't take that alignment away from myself. I think that's the coolest and most interesting part. And I really appreciate when 
you know, people echo this, this idea of like, we don't need to demonize the past or like demonize right now. Like it wasn't better back in the day. It just, it always is what it is. We didn't start the fire. I love that song. But actually consciousness that we are is the fire and all that is and all is well. Because in nonlinear time, if there is some, (laughs) the mind can only think in time, right? So if the mind thinks in timelines, I think it's maybe not even so much that way, but let's, as the mind easily thinks about that. It's all done. It was started and ended in the now because there is only the now. So like whatever end conclusion this actually has already exists to some dimension, not the one we're in right now, not the one they're perceiving right now, but to another point of perception. And the bizarre thing is like the free will and the determinism in that too. Eckhart was asked that recently and he said both are true. (laughs) Your free will in the moment and it's already done in the eternal now. Yeah. You're not like playing out a destiny. Yeah. So the bizarre way you can also look at it is the banana bread, the cookies were done in the moment they were started. They were also being eaten. And you could also say we're already in that level of realization and I think it said that to you. You've done it before. You've, and I've heard that as well for myself. You've already done this. You're just, or once, or you're going into the remembering of it. And if it's already in the eternal now complete, one way of explaining it, even though it doesn't feel like the way of describing our experience, is what we're doing is remembering how it happened. Yeah. How fun is that to think about? It's already done. It's already happened. I'm just going through and remembering how it happened. Because I don't remember how it happened because I haven't experienced it in this level of reality, but in some other point of me has. And that's kind of where that feeling comes. I wouldn't call it deja vu, but those feelings when you're like, it just feels so right. And you're like, ah, yes, (laughs) this. And it's like, I don't know how I knew this would be this way, but it just felt right. So yeah, I can definitely relate that feeling to like remembering what already happened as it's happening. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so we have 15 minutes left with you, my friend. How would you like to gift it to yourself? I have one question, um, and I don't know whether to answer this with my intuition or with yours or both. (laughs) I hear both and all as well. Okay, Georgie slash Jess slash all-knowingness. I have a question about will I ever be a mother? What do you hear? You can. Do you have another question for it? Will I want to? And I hear yes. Well, mine was much more like it's typical vague. (laughs) I love you, inner voice, but come on, man. You don't have to try and all is well. But trying means, in my inner voice, as I've asked it, what that means, like determining the outcome. Yeah, that definitely. And this is another area where I truly am like, I definitely used to feel like, hell no. And now I'm like, maybe. And it still feels like a, whatever. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, for me, I feel very at the moment, I feel very surrendered to whether that is or isn't supposed to be part of my life. Give my ego some time with a partner and that could change completely. But right now it's my mind has other fish to fry. I also kind of hear like, enjoy kids just as they are, wherever they are. (laughs) Well, that's wise because that's in the now what you're capable of doing. Yeah. And that's all maybe I need to do and maybe it's more and maybe it's not. Allow it to come before you. Like allow it to become. And I also hear like 
love mothers, which is nice. That's beautiful. It's an open receptive mode to children and mothers. Yeah. Without needing to be involved necessarily yeah yeah and that leaves a lot of energy open for it i remember having a client in life with intention who wanted a child really bad and was having a lot of hard time doing it and i said well there are any kids you can actually hang out with now and and live the values of motherhood with in a way that is doable right now and she said yeah she had i think some nieces and nephews it was and she had actually up to that point been avoiding them because she thought it would be too painful to be around them But for me, knowing the principles of values-based intentions, I was like, well, you got to find a way in the present moment to live the values you currently have. And if this is the thing you currently want, try in the current moment, given the current circumstances, how can I live this right now? So she did. She went out there and played with the kids and engaged with the kids more instead of blocking herself from it. She was actually blocking herself from the love she could feel towards children, like you just said. And I believe she ended up getting pregnant a while after that as well. Yeah. And I think especially with the... I think I would probably have the most trouble, maybe not <laughs> by that time, who knows, just the e- the identity of mother-child and like needing a child to be yours. A child is never yours. When really it can just, you know, you can just love kids. Yeah, exactly. They never could be anyways, so. They're not property. <laughs> no. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Humanity is like the women are property or the the, the slaves are property or the, the kids are property. The pets are property. Like, oh, what an interesting humanity we live in at the moment. Trying so hard to control all the love. <laughs> yeah. Control like, all these other sovereign beings. <laughs> no, you need to be an accountant and have a safe job. <laughs> you yeah. need to go to this school and do this thing. I know what's best for you. I know is the egoic mind. What's best in your soul. <laughs> oh, a lot of parents are getting out of that frame of reference, which is exciting for children now. I was so lucky to have parents who let me do what I needed to do. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you can do the same for your own. Yeah. And have compassion, whatever children you're around. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing you can do is help anyone look inside themselves for the answers they're looking for. Yeah. I definitely get the goosebumps feeling whenever I hear someone, you know, who's in kind of a, I don't even know, spiritual or teaching space who just gives people permission that like they are smarter. Like the individual is the smartest person about themselves. And it's like, yes. Yeah. How did it feel to have the questions answered through my inner voice instead of me directing them to your inner voice? I thought it was wonderful. It was fascinating. And even though like I was partly in my mind, I was asking as the awareness of both mind and intuition. Beautiful. So you were kind of also presenting what the mind is stuck on, but not just purely from the perception of the mind. Yeah. I mean, the the one answer is like, or like, you know, don't try and all is well but also just like helping my mind get comfortable with that in different ways. So that was like the awareness of coming up and down. I thought it was really fun. That's great. Yes. And you have all of this in yourself to do everything that I just did. And yeah, maybe as this evolves and it continues to play out, it becomes for people where they choose to drop into their inner voice even deeper Mm -hmm. or they straddle that balance like you said. Oh, it was comforting 
hearing someone who obviously has done this for so, cause I think I get frustrated sometimes cause I'll hear just the one word answers or kind of like, Oh, all is well. I'm like, dang it. I know that. <laughs> like I need help. <laughs> um, but it, it's comforting more than anything to know that like, it doesn't need to be more complicated. And the themes about truth really deeply resonated and it makes so much sense without being like specific. I don't think it needed to be like, here's the formula. Cause that's exactly what it isn't. No, there's no formula for truth is what I hear. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's only allowing. I love that. There's no formula for truth. There's only allowing, which makes, I guess, sort of sense. Like, like you can allow the truth to be, but you can't force it. Because then it's not the truth. Yeah. You can deny the truth, but then you wouldn't know what it is because you'd be denying it. This is so interesting for the mind. It's so beyond the mind's ability to process. Yeah. I felt like as I was asking you questions, I'm really curious to listen back to this because I would... Obviously, I was pausing a lot to like listen, but I wasn't trying to understand from my mind's perspective. Well, that's good. Then eventually you can even go back and listen to this and hear it if the mind's more active and maybe it'll chill it back down. Like I'm now realizing, yeah, <laughs> the original mission I've partly been holding, A, is to get everybody to bobble down for sure. But also when the mind of Jess is trying to explain a concept it's explaining a concept to a mind. It was in her voices yesterday that the client said, we're just like, just stop thinking. Like, you don't have to think in order to help people. Mm. And I can make you stop thinking by making you go inward. But I wasn't in the client sessions so much. I was still at the level of the mind for the other person, kind of asking the questions I know the other mind would probably have. But even that may not be needed anymore. Yeah. And I think, again, not that there's like one right way and one wrong way. It probably will depend on how you're feeling in that moment. But I think it's just as much service, like you said, just to hold the frequency and like give someone enough space just to feel the answers without maybe logically knowing what they mean. Yeah. To feel the wellness. Yeah. Because you said it was interesting. I got really quiet and really still really quickly. Usually it takes about 20 minutes. And yeah. I felt it right away. Isn't that great? Because really, <laughs> once you hit that one hour mark, your mind had kind of run out of stuff. It run out of steam. Yeah. It was like, wait, I can only it can only run off of problems as it creates and maintains the momentum of them. Mm. And then it was like, all right, well, that momentum's gone right now. And then it projects onto a future moment where it thinks it'll ratchet it all back up. And it's like, no, it, but it's not going to be done because it's thinking about the past and then projecting its past realization of that into the future instead of right now is there a problem no literally that's the mind living in time when you just stop doing that and you just are the slide of the projector that you're on right now without a story of that being a problem there's no problem and it's like right now is there a problem no am i feeling some sort of way that's okay <laughs> yeah yes allowed that's what Eckhart and Byron and all these people I think are trying to tell us, but they're doing it from a place of realization that's more spontaneously enduring than maybe what we're practicing it, which is fine. We're practicing. We're like, maybe, I don't know. I think it's kind of a spontaneous thing that clicks in at some point. And yet 
we also might look like little kids wobbling around instead of just walking like an adult. And like you said, with the consciousness too, you know, it'll probably click in faster for a group of people and then the momentum will build and and then who knows what will be next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a skill set that comes much quicker is like typing. Like that used to take people a long time and now that's very quick because people are doing it younger ages, doing it faster. It's more part of an integrated part of our reality. Or even Abraham says people come in cable ready. So also souls might be coming in in different times for different reasons and different experiences. And also some of them might be coming in in a more advanced place in their own journey. Some in the past, like a Buddha Jesus type or other like wildly fascinating souls may have uh, come in even back then from a different vantage point at that time in space reality too. They were really weird at the time. <laughs> yeah, but like completely raised the consciousness then and then people are going to keep doing it and it's just going to keep building. Exactly. All is well. And it's the fascinating thing is like however this thing ends, <laughs> whether it's the whole universe implodes, it devolves, it fizzles out, it expands to the gravity doesn't pull it together anymore. Whatever happens, if there is some type of finite ending, it's already existing in the eternal now, so it doesn't really matter. And it said it to you and it said it to me before, all is well since the beginning of time. But anyways, yeah, it's fascinating. It said all has been well since the beginning of time, all will be well, because in another level of reality, it's already complete and yet unfolding at the same time. Yeah. And we can just have fun. <laughs> the mind's yeah, exactly. Just enjoy what's in front of you right now and have compassion and allowing for anything that's showing up and letting it release as it does so you're not holding on to it. Jess, thank you so much. Thank you for being willing to try something new. And yeah, I just got so much out of our time together. I feel exactly the same. And I just thank you for giving me the space to do the little bit of a surprise, like we said, and to see what it looks like to stay in that place for someone and it's fascinating to see how it served you, especially like the crying comment where I was like, whoa, this is weird right from the start. This is so weird. Like, I've never heard this before. Why should I say this? Why should I say this? But I'm glad it resonated and it actually had a place for you. And it, I think it's validating to the mind and me to continue to give it the faith and trust that it deserves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was validating for your mind, for my mind to be like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I can know my own past history. And so when I'm hearing from myself, I can relate it to my life. But this is like a whole new level to share it with you in a way that can benefit you that I as a mind have no idea to understand why. Yeah. And everything about the truth. I mean, for me, again, I, I keep hearing like one word things, but this idea of like, example, reminds me of the idea of like the truth like all you have to be is yourself a light the truth an example like you don't need to create anything yes and that's where i'm learning okay maybe just lively doesn't need to be the great analogy person maybe just lively just needs to be the person that's staying out of her head more and more yeah. uh, and that's being the truth and also not denying my mind humanity as it exists too but maybe i can just show that we can get there more yeah we can choose that point of view more because once you have the ability to access it within you, there's nothing to stop you from choosing in the present moment when you realize you have the choice to use it. Totally. And again, it's like we get good at something. It works for a while. It's so easy for our egos and our minds to be like, okay, that's my thing. Cool. We're like locked and loaded. I'm the 
this person. Yeah, absolutely. All is well. Oh, Georgie, it's been such a joy to work with you today. Yeah, thank you so much, Jess. I was so nervous because I'm such a huge fan of everything that you do. And you put me at ease very quickly. So thank you for that. My pleasure. And there you have it. Georgie, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for listening. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in Covent Garden Lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Georgie Morley, M-O-R-L-E-Y. And if you want to find Georgie on Instagram as well, you can find her at in it, the number four, the long run blog. In it, the number four, the long run blog. Now for where I'm up to next, I am here in London a few more days and then I head over to Paris to see a friend that I met in Sydney back in the day who's now living in Paris. And then I'll be back in Detroit a little while longer before the taping of our first lively TV show in Pittsburgh. All 140 of you that are coming, I am so excited to work with you in person. I have a feeling this is going to be a special moment marking the 10th anniversary of my first blog post. And ultimately, I think this is going to be an incredible way for those that have resonated with this work to meet up and discover themselves with each other and around each other and to surround all of us in the love that is from this inner voice in a very special way. I'm so excited to see what unfolds from here. Until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>